This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com And the story of Purim is the whole nest of Purim was orchestrated around, revolved around Mordechai and Esther, who were both from Shevet Binyamin. What is the significance of Binyamin? Binyamin fighting against Haman, fighting against Amalek. We know that Yosef is also a fighter against Amalek. Chazal say that Amalek is going to fall in the hands of Yosef. Yosef and Binyamin are two children, are two sons of Rochel. But let's go back for a minute to the story of Megillus Esther. Mordechai and Esther were both from Sheba Binyamin. What's the significance? The answer is, what, unique, what was unique with Binyamin over the other brothers is that Binyamin is listed as one of the few people that never sinned. Binyamin is listed in the Gemara and Shabbos amongst the few people that never sinned. Binyamin never came in contact with Chait. He's one of the tribes. He's one of the brothers. He's one of the Bnei Yaakov. Binyamin corresponds to a very deep place in a Jew, in every Yid, that never sins, that never connects to sin. The Binyamin of every Yid is the Chelek Elekai Mal of every Yid that never comes in contact with the sin. You know the Mizbeach was built in the portion of Binyamin. And the Mizbeach had a Yesoid, had a foundation. The bottom of the Mizbeach had like a frame going around it. It didn't go around in all directions. Because Binyamin insisted that only in his portion there should be a Yesoid. But in the other two directions, two out of four directions around the Mizbeach, we're, we're, not, in the, we're not in the portion of Binyamin, they're in the portion of Yehuda. And Binyamin asked, there shouldn't be a Yesoid there at all. He wants the whole Mizbeach, the Yesoid of the Mizbeach should be only in his portion. Why? What did he care? The answer is, Binyamin corresponds to the part of the Jew that never sins. When a, when a korban is brought up on the Mizbeach, what has to be revealed in this korban is that the korban, that the sin that I'm bringing the korban for did not penetrate to my core existence, did not penetrate to my yesoid, to my foundation, to my core existence. That's what has to be brought up. When a korban is brought up, it means that a yid is showing that the sin never really penetrated to his core existence. And therefore the yesoid of the Mizbeach has to be in the, in the portion of Binyamin. Because Binyamin is the one that proves this. Binyamin is the one that shows that no chet reached our yesoid. Binyamin is the yesoid of every yid. The yesoid of every yid that always remains pure. This is really what Esau is against. Esau, the reason why Amalek is our enemy more than all other enemies is, he wants to penetrate and contaminate our Yesoid. He wants the tumor of a Jew's sin to penetrate to the core. We ask in Tehillim, Zechor Hashem Levnei Edom, Edom comes from Esau. They want us, they want the Pagam to penetrate to the core. That's why we hate Amalek so much more than all the other nations. The other nations also make us sin. They bring to us, they entice us to sin. But they don't try to see to it, to ensure that the sin penetrates to our core, chas v'shalom, like Hamolek does. And that's why you see that the angel of Esau came to fight with Yaakov Avinu at that point in Parshas Vayishlach. Eleven out of the twelve tribes had already been born. The only tribe, the only son that was not yet born was Binyamin. And it's then that Esau came. Vayiga, the angel of Esau. The Pesach says, Vayiga, Bekaf Yerechoi. He heard him, Bekaf Yerechoi, in his thigh. 
and the Rishonim explained, some Rishonim explained, he heard him right by the mitzvah of bris milah. He wanted to contaminate the future generation. He wanted to contaminate the next one that's going to be born. He wanted to contaminate the next one that was going to be born, who's going to be Binyamin. He came then, all 11 brothers had been born. And they were all shift they call. He wants to try and contaminate the last one. He couldn't. Because the last one is Binyamin. And Binyamin is destined never to sin. Binyamin is destined to be the one that shows that there's a Bechelik in every Jew that never sins. And that's exactly where he wanted to get to. And therefore he changed Yaakov's name then from Yaakov to Yisrael. Yisrael corresponds to this part of a Jew that never sins. And like the Gemara says, that if a Jew sins, even though he sins, Yisrael, who is still called Yisrael. Yisrael is the part of a Yid that the Chet never gets to. When the Malach of Esau saw that he cannot get to the core, then he revealed the shame Yisrael. This is what, what Binyamin represents for the Jewish people. And that's why Binyamin's brother Yosef shares a very similar avoider. We know that Yosef at Sadiq exemplified in the middle of Kedushas Abris. And in the deeper sources, Kedushas Abris is called the Midas HaYesoid. It's the Yesoid. And on the parish of Amalek, in the end of Kisaitse, Ashikor Chabaderach, Rashi explains there that Amalek causes us to contaminate in the area of Kedushas Abris. Because that's called Yesoid. Again, Amalek wants to contaminate the Yesoid. Both Binyamin and Yosef are both guarding on the Yesoid, are both revealing that the Yesoid of a Jew is pure. And that's why Rachel Imenu, their mother, has to come down with us to Golis. Because Golis is the place where we mix with the Goyim. Golis is the place where we fall. Golis is the place where we, Chasu Shalom, invite into, our, into ourselves alien culture from the nations around us. Rachel has to go down to God. Rachel has to be with us in Golis. Yosef and Binyamin, her children, have to ensure that even if a Jew in Golis succumbs and he's become so goyish. But nevertheless, the Hashbav, Yosef and Binyamin stay with us. And that's why Yosef had to go down first to Mitzrayim. And that's why Yosef insisted that Binyamin comes down to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is the root of all exiles. There needs to be a Yosef and a Binyamin in the Golis. Because Yosef and Binyamin both ensure that our Yesoid remains pure. And the sins of a Jew never contaminate all the way down to the Yesoid. That's why Yaakov was so tzibrochen, he was so broken, that Yosef had been sent down to Mitzrayim. And when Yosef insisted that Binyamin goes down, Yaakov says, I can't, I just can't. I'm finished. Because he understood that he needs a pure Binyamin. The Jewish people and all future generations needs a pure Binyamin. And he was so frightened to send Binyamin down to Mitzrayim. He already lost Yosef. If he's going to lose Binyamin, then chas v'shalem, the Yesoid can get contaminated. And that mustn't happen. In the story of Purim, the Jewish people were nene from the Suda of Achashverosh. They participated in something that was so Gentile and so alien to Jewish culture and so alien to anything Yiddish. Enjoying sitting there with them, the terrible, lowly things that they were discussing. And we felt so part of it. It almost looked like that we were mamished like them and there's no difference between us, Chas v'shalem. And it's therefore that we needed the children of Binyamin. We needed Mordechai, we needed Esther. 
to come and show that even if the Jews had participated in the feast, and even if the Jews had stooped to a low, low level, where it looks like they were the same, they have to prove that we're not the same. They have to prove that there's the binyamin still inside us. That's still Kaddish Vatar, that's still pure. That nothing can contaminate and penetrate all the way down there. Mordechai and Esther both relate to the sense of smelling. Esther is Esther Hadas. Hadasi Esther. Hadasim is something that you smell. The Gemara says in Chulin, Mordechai is hinted in the Torah, in the Besomim, in the smelling fragrance that was placed in the, in the oil, in the Shemna Mishcha. Mordechai says the Targum Maredachia Mordechai. Mordechai and Esther are both a reach toiv. They're both a reach. Why? Why do they both relate to smelling? But the answer is because the Bnei Soscha writes that in the sin of Adam Arishan and Adam and Chava, the only sense that was not contaminated was the Chush Areach. The Pasuk says that Chava saw the tree and she touched the tree and she ate from the tree and she listened to the Nochash. Every Chush was contaminated besides the sense of smelling. The sense of smelling, says Bnei Soscha, has remained pure and always will be pure. And that's what the Gemara says in Brochus. That smelling is a pleasure that the neshama has, not the goof. It's purely spiritual. Mordechai and Esther represent smell. Smell is the only thing that was never contaminated. Mordechai and Esther had to dig in deep into the Am Yisrael and to find a place that was never contaminated. And when you find a place that's never contaminated, that's when you're Mechia Samalek. Because he puts all his energy into contaminating a place that's never been contaminated. Oru oru ada yisoid ba. He wants to he wants the ra to penetrate till the yisoid of Klal Yisrael. But the chizuk from the whole story of Purim that every yid has to know that he has inside him a binyamin. He has inside him a chelik that's binyamin and that's Yosef. That's pure and he can always do a tshuva shlema. And hope is never lost. Haman brings yish. Amalek brings yish. Amalek makes us feel that we're rotten through and through. But that's a sheker. And the story of Purim brings out that sheker. When you drink wine, nichnas yain, yotzo soid, the secret comes out. It comes out from such a deep place. It comes out, our pangs and our yearning for Hashem come from such a deep place, from that place of Benyamin. We should be zorcha mitz Hashem the last moments of Golas to strengthen ourselves and to be mechazag ourselves and to dig in ourselves deep, deep within. And to reveal a place in ourselves that's still pure and is still passionate for Kedusha and for Torah Mitzvahs and for the Rabbani Shalom. And in that schus will be zorcha to Mechia Samolik and Mitz Hashem to Freilich and Purim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.